Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody, and happy Football Friday. It is the Steve Jones Show, News Radio 1070 WKOK. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. And, of course, like every Friday, especially a Football Friday, brought to you by our good friends at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews, they roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. The pickle bar led by the barrels and the dills. Indeed, second to none. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury. Water, soda, snacks, all that good stuff. Plus, six different flavors of slushies. We know we love that. And they're good any time of year, even though it's a little bit chilly this time of the year. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Stock up for NFL Divisional Weekend, which is what we turn our focus to today. Four games coming up this weekend. You've got the L.A. Rams and the Green Bay Packers to start things off Saturday at 4.30. Then we've got the NBC game Saturday night between Baltimore and Buffalo. That's going to be one of the most intriguing games of the week, I think. Then it's going to be Kansas City hosting Cleveland Sunday at 3. And then my other game I'm going to have an eye on this weekend is New Orleans hosting Tampa Bay at 6.40. Those teams get together for the third time this year. This is going to be a very, very fascinating divisional weekend. Every single matchup is just... There's there's nothing wrong with it, honestly. I, I, I would... I'm ready and so intrigued for all four of these matchups. And starting with Green Bay and L.A., you want to see how Aaron Rodgers works against what's an L.A. defense that's just on fire right now. And Aaron Donald looks like will play, but we'll see how close to 100% he is. And, of course, we'll keep an eye on the Jared Goff situation. If Is he going to start? And if so, how healthy does he look? Plus, the Rams running game has been good. And then, on the obviously on the Green Bay side of things, they're the only we'll get to see for the first for the first our first hand of the first number one seed being the only team. Steve getting that first round by be interesting dynamic to look at that too this weekend. Well, you're the number one seed for a reason. You're good. Okay, <laughs> that's why you're the number one seed. But this I mean, weekend's realize, gonna be amazing. I realize I simplify things. But <laughs> but you're right. But I think I think I think people try too hard to make everything seem so doggone complicated. 
You know, like, like for example, I think you simplify things. You want everybody fired. Now, that's pretty simple. <laughs> to some no extent, solutions. sure. You have no solutions for it, but that's okay. You know, <laughs> but the person there is just a, a disgrace to you. Uh, now, I ask you who's better. I never get an answer. All right, so. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I can laugh a little bit. I actually have a game. All right, so. <laughs> That's right. Finally. Yeah, I got a lot coming up. Uh, so hopefully they'll be able to play them all. So, I mean, it's not just you you think about. Look, every, people have asked, what's it been like? And I said, look, you wake up the day of the game, and you look around, there's no announcements. So you're like, okay, good, they got a game. Because I've had people say, oh, you must be excited about the morning of the game. That's when you say, okay, it's happening. Let's go. That's how this is working out. Uh, so, yeah. But it looks like the door is wide open to it. They'll fly to West Lafayette or to Lafayette tomorrow. You know, fly to West Lafayette. You fly to Lafayette. And, of course, yes, this is one of the uh, favorite weekends for pro football fans because you got the four games. This weekend, you got Cleveland, Kansas City, Baltimore, Buffalo, Rams, Pack, and then the game on the History Channel between Tampa Bay and New Orleans. <laughs> the history. <laughs> you got to look. Follow along with the show. I like it. I like it though. It's true. <laughs> By the way, did you watch Nickelodeon broadcast last week? No. I thought it was amazing. And it, and it kept and it was very entertaining because the game itself stunk, as you know. Yeah, I mean, I saw the one clip CBS played of one of the touchdowns with everything exploding all over the with place. With the slime, yeah, the, that was the, awesome. The, the slime and all that stuff, yeah, it was funny. But did you hear? Now, I believe the the announced team was Iron Eagle's son. Correct. All right. Uh, I heard he was very good. He was. He was excellent. Uh, then. Let's see. Uh, Nate Burleson, who's and always fine. He was – it was a perfect role for him. And then they had a 14-year-old and a 15-year-old, right? Correct. The 15-year-old uh, – the 14-year-old's a boy, 15-year-old's a girl. So did you hear what happened to her leading up to the game? She's 15. Now, this the I mother, didn't hear – the mother calls CBS, Nickelodeon, whomever's in charge, okay? All right, so I'm, I'm going to guess it was CBS. She said, can we talk to you about something for a second? And they, so they said to the mom, yeah, sure. I said, we received this package in the mail of 800 pages of prep material for the game. Does she need to know all 800? <laughs> it's true. And he said, they said, um, what are you talking about? We didn't send you, no, we got this package of 800 pages in the mail. And they went, oh, we're sorry about that. That was That's Tony Romo's package. Because <laughs> it had in there everything, okay, on third down, these are the selected third down plays. Right. I mean, that, like, you name it, they had it in there on all 800 pages. You know, so that way when Romo watches tape, he can match up pages and things like that. 
<laughs> they said, uh, no. <laughs> you don't even need to know eight paragraphs. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I mean, imagine. You're 15. You're also the mom. Okay? And the two of them are sitting saying, this is rather daunting. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. So yeah. That's uh Taj I mean when you do TV they do send out all these information packs to it's not just what the what the sports information person or the publicity person gives you. You know, you get something from each team. But then the network has their own research department and there's certain things you want. And it was the network research department. That's where the you know, now I know when I've done BTN stuff, sometimes you get like I don't know twenty-five to thirty-five pages of stuff. And with all due respect to the marvelous people who were very hard in the research department, most of it I I, I rarely used. It's like eh, a lot of it's like last year stuff, background stuff, thing. You know what I mean? Um, you know, I wanted stuff that was pertinent to this year. You know, which I can find myself. But yeah. 800 pages. That's what... Okay, that... You know, people wonder why our Shikolami broadcasts are so precise. <laughs> the binder. Our research department gives the suit 800 pages. That's right. 500 on Shikolami, 300 on Jersey Shore. <laughs> Even if they're not playing Jersey Shore. <laughs> That's not funny. Well, maybe it is. <laughs> so, yeah, I, mean, I thought that was a funny story. When uh, when it came to that, I was like, gee, I feel bad for the kid. <laughs> but she ended up doing a great job, too. Yeah, like I said, I didn't see it at all. But it had to be a relief. I mean, seriously, I mean, you're 15. Remember, let's put yourself into the shoes of a 15-year-old and then, uh, and also into the shoes of a mom who doesn't know how this business works and what, what ha- happens, okay? And they're both sitting there going, hey, <laughs> what do we do now? <laughs> I think we better make a phone call. Oh, my goodness. All right, so we got the king on today, and we've got a lot to, to go through. There's only four games to pick, but a lot of analysis. Uh, we'll break. We're going to do this in a couple ways: pluses, minuses, and then at the end, uh, we'll have Matt discuss which individual on the losing team should be fired. <laughs> okay. And then also which which coach on the winning team didn't do well enough and should be fired. Because, <laughs> I mean, you're big on firing people. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. When it's warranted. You, you, How about that? You want the owner fired. Well, I've hey. wanted that for a while until uh, minus, like, the last few seasons. 
Do you realize in the history of the National Football League, in the history of the NFL, no owner has lost more games in five years than Shaq Khan. (laughs) (laughs) And we wonder why. Uh, (laughs) Just thought I'd bring it up. I mean, you won a Super Bowl. Seems there's been people in the organization that forgot that. That's why I laughed early in the week. We have expectations. I'm like, <laughs> when you win your second Super Bowl, you're still going to have fewer than everybody else in the division. What's your expectation? <laughs> people didn't like that. Why did you say that? Because it was factual? <laughs> That's why it was so special when you did it. All right. We'll come back with more in a moment. Brought to you by Brewers Outlet. Now you really need to stock up, right? You got the four big games this weekend. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Party time, game time, or just fun time. Doesn't matter what time it is because it's Brewers Outlet time. The Beverage Supermarket has the area's largest beer selection. Imports, microbrews, ciders, and domestics. Pick from over 100 ice-cold 12-packs and dozens of 24-ounce singles. Soda, snacks, hot sauces, fresh roasted peanuts. Make it one-stop party shopping and don't forget the pickle bar. So whatever you're celebrating or just doing it up, Brewers Outlet Reagan Street Sunbury wants to see you. And thank you for your years of patronage you know tony romo and the suit being used in the same sentence of preparation i never thought i'd see the day there oh i tell you it's nothing like 800 pages breaking down shikalimi football I mean, I don't even know why the suit needs that. He's got the chief as an encyclopedia. It's kind of a great, uh, kind of a great asset to have, don't you think? Mike Carmen, Journal Courier. Next half hour, uh, Penn State back in action this weekend. They got Purdue on Sunday. There's no wrestling this weekend. Uh, hockey opens up a six-game homestand with Michigan State tonight. Bucknell's got two games this weekend. I need to go 107 with Doug. Uh, I think these two are on the road, correct? Uh, that's I'm, next week with Colgate. Next week with Colgate. Yeah, the men are home tomorrow and then away on home, Sunday. Okay. Okay. Home, okay. Yeah, these are all home and away. So yeah. Yeah. So, um, so they've got that coming up. Um, and Penn State men's basketball returns. Uh, let me give you the stat that is the stat, and I sent this to Dick Girardi this morning. Um, my text was succinct and to the point, like most of my texts are. I don't write long texts. But I said, here's your stat. Purdue is about to play game 15. Penn State's about to play game 8. Okay. So, I All think right. that's, that sums up the season in a COVID era, don't you think? No question. <laughs> Now, by the time this stretch is over, if they end up playing every game, they'll be up to game 14. Right, so that's where they'll be. Um, so they're literally going to play every other day starting on Sunday. Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Hey, 
believe me, they almost did it the the week after too, which would have been fine. I wish they'd had they because they were trying to fit Michigan into that second week. Uh, baseball. Uh, quick note on the Williamsport Crosscutters State College Spikes. They're in the MLB Draft League. I don't think this story. I mean, it's. I mean, it's there. It's no big deal. It's just everybody was wondering. There's six teams in it, so I. I'll, I just want to at least tell you who the six team is the six franchise. You've got Mahoning Valley Scrappers, West Virginia Black Bears, Williamsport Crosscutters, State College Spikes, Trenton Thunder. They didn't know who the six team was. They just knew it was probably going to be from Maryland. It's the Frederick Keys. So the Frederick Keys, Frederick, Maryland, I mean, these are all easy trips, will be the sixth team in the MLB Draft League. Meanwhile, the Tri-City Valley Cats, uh, formerly of the New York Penn League, who played against the Cutters, have filed a suit against the Houston Astros and Major League Baseball over the lack of affiliation. They are seeking at least $15 million in damages. Uh, the other team that has filed suit against uh, MLB, and it turns out the MLB and the Yankees, is Staten Island. Remember, what happened was they were getting close to, an, to probably not eliminating 40 teams, but maybe even half of that, maybe eliminating 10 to 20 teams, maybe, which they could have done with the Appalachian League and the Pioneer League. Uh, when COVID hit, and then Major League Baseball took advantage of the COVID situation and essentially just let the clock run out on the agreement between Major and Minor League Baseball on September 30th. They just essentially just sat down at the table, stared at everybody for a couple hours each time, and then let the clock run out. So the Tri-City Valley Cats are suing the Houston Astros and the Yankees seeking at least $15 million. The son of the owner of the Valley Cats said that the breaking point for them was that Rob Manfred sent an email sending his deepest condolences over the passing of of his father. And in the same email said, hey, don't be going out negotiating with anybody. Talk about cold. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Oh, ho, ho, time to stock up for a big weekend. Why don't you go to Brewers Outlet now? You can listen to the show on the car radio. Great selection of beer. Wide selection. Imports, domestics, microbrewers, wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and not every day. Six great flavors of slushies. And the pickle bar, led by the barrels and the dills, indeed second to none. It's all at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, and somebody at the beverage supermarket. And we are in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kierwitz 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Listen to that commercial about the Hyundai numbers. Impressive. Great pre-owned inventory as well. With the Sunbury Motors guarantee. 
All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. So the world-famous dog MacGyver is going to have a presence on the show in the final half hour. That's right. That's right. Oh. Yeah, our buddy Tom Morgan, of course. How low have we sunk? <laughs> well, he told me beforehand that I guess they started Mackey's NFL picks for Laura's dog MacGyver. He, I guess he started doing it last week when one and one. He had picked the Steelers over the Browns, obviously lost that one, and he picked the Ravens over the Titans. But this week, he has picked all four divisional games, so we will reveal those at the end of the show. And it'll be the two of us against the three of us against the dog this week. Okay, so between now and then, can the dog then, if we give the dog a series of names, can the dog pick out which name is going to get fired? (laughs) I guess so. I mean, because I'm trying to keep you mentally engaged in the show, and that's the part of the show that excites you. You know, he can do that. He's got MacGyver's got some attitude to him. I speak from experience. Good doggy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Penn State gets back into action Sunday when they take on Purdue basketball, Mackey Arena, West Lafayette. Penn State enters this 41st in the net. They enter this with the number one ranked schedule in the country. When you're looking at schedule strength, and they give you the list, it doesn't take long to find Penn State's name. They're the name at the top. Number one, schedule strength. Well, part of that's playing road games at teams like Purdue. But that would bring in Mike Carmen from the Lafayette Journal Courier. Hello, Mike. Great to have you with us. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, this Because of what happened with the Purdue-Nebraska game, this end, ended up being four consecutive road games for Purdue. The last couple were Michigan State and last night with Indiana. What has really stood out about this team coming together at this point? Well, the fact that they figured out a way to win on the road because they, they go to Rutgers and Illinois. And, um, although they have moments where they play well, they didn't probably handle the situation as, as well as they should. And then, um, obviously, the, to win the Michigan State game the way that it did, uh, was big. You're down 17 points early in the second half. Purdue had scored 16 points in the first half. Uh, but to come all the way back and then get the game winner by Travion Williams, uh, I thought should be a springboard for this team. And I think last night probably proved that a little bit because uh, Purdue led basically from start to finish against Indiana put up 81 points in Assembly Hall, which is not something they, they normally do down there. Uh, you know, beat the Hoosiers for the eighth straight time and all that kind of stuff. But I think uh, last night proved a little bit that Purdue's probably starting to push this thing forward a little bit more. All right, so let's get to Trevion Williams for a moment. It's not the, it's not just the double doubles, Mike. Right? I think he had what twenty two and ten last night. And right. There's another stat on that sheet that I've looked at the last two games. He has drawn nineteen fouls in two mm-hmm. games. Huh. Tell us a little bit about and how difficult is it to move him off the spot? It, it's quite difficult because he's he's a big guy, number one. But just where he catches the ball, he, he will not always catch the ball in the low post. He'll catch it sometimes out of the paint. And he's, he can be a very patient player on offense where he's 
he's not automatically going to the basket. That's right. He's he's kind of waiting to see what happens defensively. Uh, because if you come double him, the other stat that may not be as noticeable uh, at this point of the year, but was earlier in the year, was his passing. He is, he is he, a tremendous. He is one of the three guys in the team with thirty assists or better. Right, but he for a big guy, his passes. Yep. I, I don't know who else in the country does it like he does it. Um, I mean, I believe he firmly has eyes in the back of his head because he knows where his teammates are based on what's happening with the defense. And if you don't double him, then you've got to play him one-on-one. And he can just back you down. He can back you down and then get to the move that he wants to make, which is like a little baby hook over his left shoulder. Uh, And he's not a bad uh, jump shooter from a decent range. So he's got a couple moves, and he's able to be a little bit more versatile than just a normal back-to-the-basket post player. And that that is what has guided his success. And the other thing for him is, and Matt Painter preaches this, he just has to do the simple things. Sometimes he gets a little crazy and he wants to do some up-and-unders and (laughs) stuff like that. And sometimes they go in and it looks good. But the more simple he is, the better he is. And when he goes out, Zach Eady comes into the game. Um, played hockey growing up. Wanted to be the first ever seven foot pitcher in baseball because he loves baseball. But it's seven four now. He didn't have a great game last night. I mean, he was what zero four from the field and so forth. But when you watch, he's a completely different type of body type than Travion Williams is. But when you watch him, what do you like about his game? Well, he does move pretty well. Yes, he He's, does. It, you reference the hockey and um, the, the baseball. He's a guy that's very agile. I mean, he's not a clumsy guy. He does move very well. Now, he's, you know, he had some success earlier in the year, but I think with the more physical play he's facing in the Big Ten, he's getting knocked off his spot a little bit more. He's not getting the kind of shots and the angles that he got earlier in the year. But I think that will come with him. He, he, he has a nice touch around the basket. He's not a he's not a clunker. Uh, he's not banging them off and breaking rims or breaking backboards because he's just throwing it up there. Um, he's got a nice touch. He's been working on a left-handed hook that hasn't been a lot of he hasn't got a lot of success out of it, but he's been he's been trying it at least. Um, but just his presence, you have to pay attention to it. Yep. Um, you just can't leave him alone in the paint. You can't leave him alone because he, he will do some damage. And when he gets close enough to the rim, he, he's going to throw it down. And I think a couple of games ago he got thro- he had called for a technical because he was hanging on the rim <laughs> too long. Uh, but he just, you know, he's a guy with great size and I think great coordination. And I, I just, he's going to just continue to improve. And you, you may not see it from game to game, but – I think over the course of the season, he's going to be a different player once they get to March. Purdue's defensive rank is in the top 40. Uh, but one thing I found that was really interesting, we just talked about two big men, uh, Williams and Edie. And yet teams are are hitting 52% of their shots in twos against them. How surprising is that? It is for a Matt Painter coach team because, as everyone knows, he probably – this program on defense and really getting after people on the perimeter 
but last night they didn't I know they held Indiana to 69 points but uh, he didn't believe that was a really good defensive effort on Purdue's part um, they're, they're playing a lot of guys right now um, yep. and, and they're playing a lot of young guys too yep. so uh, guys like uh, Jaden Ivey and Ethan Morton and you know Zach Eady and you know Brandon Newman and Mason Gillis these are five freshmen two of them are redshirt freshmen but these are their first times through the league playing for Purdue and just really getting you know honed in exactly what Pater wants from a defensive level I, I, they they still have some really good defensive players you know Eric Hunter's right there right. on the perimeter but it's probably an area of their game that uh, needs to improve a little bit more they don't force a lot of turnovers uh, they're not getting a lot of steals, um, and that's that's something that has happened with Purdue in the past. But I, I don't know how far that team will come uh, in, in in that area. I think that remains to be seen right now. Tell us a little bit about Brandon Newman uh, and what he is added. Well, he's about six five, right around that area. What has he added to the lineup? He's a versatile offensive player. I mean, he hit two threes right out of the gate last night. Uh, so you have to guard him on the perimeter. But he's a guy that can put the ball on the floor. He gives you, he gives you that dimension along with Jaden Ivey, uh, a freshman uh, that Purdue desperately needs to, to, to break down some defenses. He can be, he can be a tough defender because of his his length and his strength. But I, I don't think he's there yet. Um, he's got some growing to do in that area. Right. The, the one consistent part of his game, I think, has been his defensive rebounding this year. He's really helped clean up some defensive possessions uh, and limit teams to one shot. Uh, and Purdue uh, has been a really good rebounding team this year. I believe they've only been out-rebounded twice. Um, I want to say it was Iowa and Illinois yes. that out-rebounded them. So he, he's contributing to that, on the, on, especially on the defensive end. And here's a guy that was in the starting lineup the first game and is still in the starting lineup now. So he definitely brings some, some qualities that Painter likes. Um, and, we, and when he can get going offensively, I, I do think that opens up the floor a little bit more for, for Williams and some of their other shooters. Certain guys are an X factor. Uh, I'll give you an example. Purdue just played Indiana. When Al Durham scores in double figures, they're 5-1. and one. The Last mm-hmm. night he had four. Okay, so they're not, you know, so they're still 5-1. and one. <laughs> uh, So... For Purdue, who do you consider, Mike, to be an X-factor guy that tells you what kind of night it is for Purdue? There's a, there's a couple guys that, that come to mind, and we just talked about him. Brandon Newman is one. Yep. You know, I, I think when he can get off early offensively, uh, I, again, I think that opens up some things. Um, and it forces teams to make some decisions quicker than what they wanted to. And the other guy... I think is uh, their their starting four player, uh, Mason Mason Gillis. Gillis. Yeah, yeah, he's a redshirt freshman. Uh, last night, I think he had seven point six rebounds, mm-hmm. uh, but he had a lot of hustle plays last night that don't show up in the box score. He's a guy that is willing to sacrifice his body to get the ball, and really, without his hustle against Michigan State to force a jump ball at the end, Purdue doesn't win that game. Um, they had to get the jump ball because the arrow was in their possession mm-hmm. that allowed, the, allowed them to run the game when he played to Williams. So he's been in the starting lineup for uh, several weeks now, 
And I think he just kind of brings those intangibles. And he's, you know, if you were drawing a picture of a typical Purdue player, he would probably be one of the first guys on this team that you would look to. You know, strong, muscular, you know, does a great job on the board, boards, uh, you know, needs to improve his defense a little bit, uh, can shoot the three-pointer, hasn't, been, hasn't, hasn't enjoyed a lot of success so far this year, but I think that part of his game will come around. Here's a guy that didn't play for a thousand days in a competitive game until this year because yeah. of some knee injuries and some other things that happened to him, you know, in his redshirt year. So he's still knocking the rust off a little bit. Here's uh, here's the uh, COVID stat of the day. <laughs> Purdue is about to play game 15. Penn State's about to play game eight. <laughs> okay. yeah. is it, There's your is COVID it the, stat of the day. Is it, is it this Penn State's first game of 2021? It is the first game of 2021. <laughs> so, uh, And it, it's going to be six, of thir- six games in 13 days. Um <laughs> I know they're still yeah. trying to figure out what they have here, but uh, Penn State, their losses on the road have been by 0-4 to Michigan and 0-2 in overtime to Indiana, so they've lost those two <laughs> games by a combined total of six points, which tells you the yeah. depth of the league when you see that. Do you have any feel or read on Penn State? Penn State is 23rd in the nation in adjusted offensive efficiency, uh, but what what is your read, if any, on Penn State? Uh, because obviously it's a little bit different team that walked into Mackey last year and actually won with some ease. Yeah, I, I don't. I really have very little clue about Penn State because they haven't played since what December thirtieth. Well, they get off the show. No, <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody's trying to figure it out, Mike. But yeah, you're right. Nobody knows. I mean, there's nobody knows. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's going to be from that standpoint. You know, I don't. I don't. You will know more than I. But I don't even know how many practice days they've had since they've come off pause and yeah. how much they're really. You know, how much prepared they're going to be for, for Sunday from that standpoint. Yeah, and nobody really, I mean, this is all going to be guesswork. I mean, they practice this week, obviously. Okay. Uh, but it's, nobody knows. Uh, and But for Purdue, and then that, the other wacky part is the part I live with. I mean, Purdue's had four straight road games. I mean, right. they're aching to get back, <laughs> they're aching to get back into their house a little bit, I think. And just, they, haven't played, they haven't played at home since Christmas Day. Oh, well, see, they haven't played at home since Christmas Day. Penn State hasn't played a game since December 30th. So it's... <laughs> Who knows what we'll see on uh, Sunday. I know. Uh, from, from Just quickly from your vantage point, what have been the challenges professionally of trying to cover it the way you have to cover it this year? I mean, everybody has to make adaptations. What's been your adaptation? Right. Well, you, as you know, it's it's all Zoom. Um, you don't get to interact with with players and coaches like you used to um, to have those kind of conversations. Um, so everything is done electronically. And um, uh, I didn't go to Bloomington last night because yeah. of some other things and the fact that uh, arenas are kind of kicking you out. You know, ninety minutes to two hours after the after the game, and that's just. For me, that's not enough time to do what I need to do, and right. uh, so it's it's been an adjustment like everybody else. But you just kind of work through it and just hope uh, that once we get to the other side, whatever whenever that is, that we can get back to you know having full arenas, um, having you know media availability in person and things like that. Uh, 
uh, probably for the first time ever, coaches and players might welcome meeting yeah. back to see them face to face instead of just hearing a voice on Zoom that you that you have no idea maybe who it is. Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting you say that. I'm going to let you go here in a second, Mike. But uh, uh, because of circumstances, uh, uh, Dick Girardi and I went to Virginia Tech to broadcast the game. And the players, you know, at the Jordan Center, we're up and away. We're not on the floor at the Jordan Center, right. as you know. And uh, so we were pretty close to the floor. The players, like, looked at us like we were the long-lost cousins they hadn't seen. I mean, it's like, really, they they're like, oh, my goodness, familiar faces. I mean, it was – right. Uh, it made you feel somewhat appreciated. I'll say that. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, they get they get stuck in their own bubble. Yes, and they look at the same faces every every single day. Um, and so, as as much as we are viewed as a nuisance to them, there's probably a sense of normalcy when they start actually seeing our faces again and seeing us in person. Mike, uh, of course, when we get ready for games, I like to sit back and read a couple of articles along the way. You know, to see what's going on in the market that Penn State's going to be playing or against, you do great work. And I, I want to let you know personally how much I appreciate the work you do. Well, I appreciate you saying that. I appreciate you having me on, uh, having, having me on your show. Mike Carmen joining us from the Lafayette Journal Courier. And all our guests, by the way, are approved by MacGyver. <laughs> That's right. We'll come back with more in a moment. Brought to you by Brewers Outlet on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Yeah, tomorrow Ohio State plays basketball at Illinois. Now for Penn State, the Illinois will be the next game on Tuesday. This conference baffles the daylights out of me on what they do with scheduling. Do you realize this is the first time in four years Ohio State has played a game at Illinois in basketball? I I sit back and I'm like, the last time Ohio State played basketball at Illinois was January 1st, 2017. 1,477 days. I mean, I know they say scheduling's hard, but in my opinion, the Manhattan Project, now that's hard. Scheduling, no. You shouldn't have to wait almost 1,500 days in a conference before Ohio State plays at Illinois. Who's running this thing?